Welcome to the Mind Mastery Podcast, where we host brilliant conversations and share empowering thoughts for incredible women. I'm your host, Nicole Herring, and I coach driven women to overcome their harsh inner critic and retrain their brain for incredible, fulfilling careers, even if she's a mom. (laughs) So if you are ready to take radical responsibility for your life and business, tap into your personal empowerment and master your mind, grab a chair. This podcast was created for you. All right. Hello, everyone. I have a special guest with me today. And when I say I have a special guest with me, I actually mean she's with me. We live down the road from each other. And uh, this is the first time I've ever recorded a podcast from my actual office. So welcome, Andrea. I'm glad you're here. Thank you. Um, You guys, so random story of how I met her. I was looking to sew some random bits onto a jacket like two years ago. Has the project been done? No, it hasn't. (laughs) But I ended up meeting her um, through a random post on a a local Facebook group. And it was almost like as if the bringing of the jacket was the bringing of her into my life. Um, The jacket was really a non- None. What's the word I'm looking for? It wasn't important. It wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> but the relationship was, and so um, she is a holistic healing practitioner who owns Bone Mother Rising, and she does shadow work and does courses, talks, and coaching. And she basically offers spiritual guidance. And um, at points in my journey, she was my coach. And what I referred to her as to my husband was, she's my get your shit together coach. <laughs> And so I kept smiling when I thought about introducing you as my get your shit together coach. And so I was like, I'm not going to tell her I'm going to say that. <laughs> so welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here with you. Yeah. Finally. I know we've been, you guys, uh, thank you for listening to this podcast and also her and I have been talking about doing a podcast for probably a year now. Yeah. Um, so it's just, I'm really glad you're here. What do you want to say? you have anything that you want to just like, like, like a part of your purpose and part of who you are and why you do what you do. I want to hear a little bit about that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, my main purpose, it's funny that you're even bringing this up because just recently I was writing it out and honestly, it's very, very quick for me. It's to educate and elevate. That's, that's literally that simple, right? You know, and however that shows up for people. So sometimes that can be with coaching, sometimes that can be drumming, and sometimes that can be talking about herbs or literally just being that human to give them a hug. Oh, you know. Okay. So (laughs) talk about giving a hug. I was like, okay, well, when we meet, she goes, if you wanted to hug, it's fine. I was like, well, I'm not sure that I would want that. And you're like, and not everyone does, but sometimes people end up having a release of emotion and they lay their head in my lap while I stroke their hair. And I had a tear in my eye and I was like, well, actually that sounds kind of nice. (laughs) I might want that. And so, um, and when I was calling her and asking her about doing some coaching, she interviewed me hard and was like, I need to decide if you're a good client for me. And I had so much respect for that because I was like, hell yeah. This is why we start our businesses so that we can create an impact, but also you get to be choosy. You get to have the clients that fill you up and really um, allow you to be the best of who you are without sacrificing and taking a wrong client for the wrong reason, which is usually just around money Mm -hmm. or a lack mentality, thinking I'm never going to get another client again. 
Um, and I said, I know I just like call you out of nowhere. And you're like, actually, that's how most of my clients. Yeah, come to me. it's very true. So, it's very true. It's very true. So when you said your 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 what say it again? You had like two words: educate and elevate. Educate and elevate. So what does that mean to you? Educate and elevate for what? Um, as a human. Honestly, I know that sounds like really, really simplistic, but when I talk to people, even when I'm teaching shadow work courses, mm-hmm. people get, so it's not that people get frustrated. It's more just like, but this looks so simple. And I'm like, right. okay, well then do it for a week. Right. And let's talk at the end to see how you feel about that. When you're just noticing how you feel about things, they're like, ah, this is so uncomfortable. Right. Right. Like, you want me just to notice my feelings. Right. And it's like, yeah. Yep. start there yep we got to start somewhere you and know? here's why i think is because people already get in the habit of being really um getting into the habit of suppression mm-hmm. and disconnection and really a distraction right Absolutely. i was thinking about this actually just this morning i love how every time we talk it's always like well i was just writing about this <laughs> i was just thinking about this so i'm like they say that like the normal human condition is to in a in a stressful situation is to fight flight mm-hmm. or freeze. Right. 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 And I was like, I think they're missing one. And maybe they didn't include it because it doesn't begin with the letter F, but maybe it could. We'll think of one. But I think it's distract, right? Like people go into self-distraction and they distract themselves from what's going on. So it's like, yeah, it's more than just like, it's not just a froze, like, oh, I'm not going to do anything. It's like, oh, look at over here. I'm yeah. going to do this thing. Yeah. Um, they, they have a word for it now. What so it's it? fawn is another one. So it's fight, flight, freeze, or fawn, which means like you're fawning over something else or another person or your children okay, or I your, your spirituality. Yeah, I would have called it, go fuck around. Like, go fuck around. <laughs> I like that one. That would have been fawning over seems so like, yeah. Well, they had to make a good F one. Yeah. Right? They had to fall in alignment with all the other I ones. I had no idea. Yeah, they call it fawning. So that's when you put too much time over the tiny minuscule non-sequential or non-substantial or whatever and you're like this means nothing i'll put all my attention on this right okay good oh wow so there i was like i think they missed one retraction you're like i knew it and here's what i think is fun this is why you and i always have so much fun talking is because we think about things we are like always lost in thoughts wondering why the world works the way that it works um that's who we are that's yeah. why we love having yeah. our conversations and so i the other day we were talking about you talk about the spiritual journey of healing mm-hmm. and how what it means to spiral in healing mm-hmm. and i had a completely different take but i want to hear yours first yeah yeah so spiraling to me and it's even funny because when Oh, we sorry. were talking about yeah. I said you guys, those of you who are not who are listening, the weird pause was me being like, "Did I hit record?" Yeah, so we both paused for a second. Okay, back to the regularly scheduled thing here. Sorry, I didn't. I don't out. edit, so here we go. We have it to be in my real brain. There. Okay. Oh, interesting. <laughs> <Scary. laughs> <That's what that laughs> so spiraling back to the top. Right. As um, I spiral. Yeah, as I spiral out of control. No, spiraling to me, so the I use this a ton in my coaching with people because the perfect example is I was doing a fair and I was doing tarot reading on someone. Mm-hmm. And it was coming up that they're going to be traveling a lot. They had just forgiven their mother for something that happened to them in the past, which is wonderful, right? And I said, well, how are you going to handle that when it comes back around? You know, I feel like this is what is being led for you to focus on, like through this reading that I'm doing. She said, oh no, I've solved that. 
And when you say when this comes back around, just be really, I'm going to get, okay, I'm going to get okay. to it. Okay. So this is where this is, she was a perfect example though, of how we think is human, like our human condition is that we think linear, right? Everything's linear. Like, so I forgive my mom. Right. So therefore everything is done. I don't know. This will never happen to me again. Right. I won't ever have this problem anymore because right. I've done it and I've sealed it. Right. Right. And so for me, spiraling is actually how we heal. So we have the original trauma, which is the center or the original, whatever challenge. I'm going to use the word challenge because it mm -hmm. doesn't even have to be a severe trauma. It sure. Your best friend not talking to you in high school one day, right. really needed it. And that impacted you later on. Right. Right. And when we say impact, just because I like to yeah. say these things, it's like when someone wasn't able to be there for you in a specific moment, when you, even if it feels like an emotional trauma, that's not like highly traumatic, right. you, it changes the way you behave going forward. When you need someone, your brain will go to, yeah. no one's either available, or if I call, they're not going to be there for me. So I might as well not reach out for the disappointment of being abandoned in the yes. future. So that's yes. what she means about that's fair. Yeah, okay. that's fair. So a, a better word for me that I use is um, creating an agreement. Mm, we we create agreements in our heads mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> on what we're going to think about things going forward. Perfect. Like how it will be. So, so you have your, so we'll just use the original agreements okay. that happens from that. And then maybe we heal that we, we've dealt with it and then we spiral around. But the reality is, is that we keep hitting that point again, but we get further. I'm, I'm making hand gestures of spinning, right. but, but no one else can see this. Yeah. So <laughs> tell the people what you're doing. If you want to think of like a spiral on the ground, like let's right. just picture like a spiral on the ground and you have the, the original agreement and you kind of keep going around, but you keep hitting that point again. Maybe it's a coworker that actually hits that. It can even be someone who looks like the person in your life that right. was a part of it, you know, and we get those feelings and they come back again, but they lessen mm -hmm. every time we see it, we work through it. We, right. We acknowledge it for what it is mm -hmm. and that we don't have to make that same agreement that we did when we were 12 or nine right. or whatever. Right. Or even as an adult, right? right? I mean, relationships still keep happening and we get to keep doing that. We spin further and further out on that. Right. And so it's less and less impactful, but you know, to be fair, we still have the, the lizard brain right. a little bit where there's a first reaction before right. our frontal lobe even kicks in to totally to tell us. And here's the thing is that what I think a lot of people don't always realize is that, yeah, the trigger that comes from whatever is the situation that when you're taking in a trigger, sometimes you're not even aware of the trigger. Right. And so when I say that is, is that a lot mm -hmm. of people think that you're only going to re-experience this negative experience when you're dealing with your mother in that situation. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's a tone of voice, a specific word a smell, mm -hmm. the way somebody curled their hair reminded mm -hmm. you of how your mom curled your hair when you were 12. Mm -hmm. Like some, you don't always know. Right. And this actually happened to me uh, a couple of weeks ago. I was, or just last week, actually, I'm like, it's been only a week. Sometimes that is crazy to me. I'm driving down the road. My hands start sweating and my heart starts racing. And I'm like, why? What is going on? I feel fine. I'm like on my way to a photo shoot. I'm super excited. Everything feels fine. I'm feeling very triggered. My brain is going a hundred miles an hour. Like something yeah. is wrong. This isn't right. This isn't good. I stop at a red light and I look at the sign and the street sign says Santa Fe. Santa Fe is the road that I was on when I was in a head-on collision by a drunk driver. It has been maybe six years since I've been on Santa Fe this far south. I have gone to a family picnic every year for 4th of July for most of my life. And that was like two exits prior. 
And now I was driving that much closer to the exact location of where my head on collision was. And I did not have a conscious decision of like, oh, I'm going to see the place where my car accident was when I was 10 and went through massive physical trauma, but my body reacted. And so when you get triggered, you don't even know sometimes Mm -hmm. what the senses and what your brain is seeing or feeling or, or connecting and I couldn't have, I couldn't have understood that except for I've done so much work yeah. to be like, why am I triggered? What am I feeling? Yeah. And then when I saw the street sign, I was like, how insane is that? Yeah. So the senses sometimes pick up on things that you're not consciously aware of. And everyone thinks that being triggered is something where somebody is doing something and you're consciously aware of it. And, um, I'm finding that that's just not true. Yeah. No. Is that, is that my son out there? I'm not sure. I'm like, what's high pitched sounds? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, pardon me uh he ended up school today he wasn't supposed he was supposed to be in school today but he didn't for whatever reason so i apologize to you guys so i'm sorry to interrupt no, that, it's, it's, really it's interesting true. talking about how that works um, it's a part of all of it <laughs> now he's pressing his nose up against the glass you guys so you're really missing out on the visual aspect of what we've going on in this meeting so anyhow so so here's what I love. So you talk about healing and it is, it's, it's starting with a specific situation on the inside and then you're spiraling out, which I think ends up meaning that your triggers become farther apart and maybe a little bit more subdued or um, farther apart, meaning time-wise, right? Like it's, you know, like maybe it takes longer for something to come up that triggers yeah, absolutely. you and, and whatever else. Right. Right. Um, and so I love that. Did you want to add anything else? No, I that? mean, it's the same thing for you. Like the, the point is, is that you can still have those physical responses, but mm-hmm. like for you, how long did it take you to process that too? Minutes, not right. Even. Right. right. And so c- that's, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. Even spiraling out further where you have a moment where someone says something to you and you're like, Oh, you know, mm-hmm. wherever it is in your body where you feel that. And mm-hmm. then you're like, okay, mm-hmm. yep. That's what that is. And then you go about your day and how you respond to the other person, how you talk to them, how, whatever is around you, the senses that are around you, you know, and the other thing that you have to keep in mind too, is that that spiral is not by age. I want to point that out mm-hmm. because yeah. sometimes if you have something happen to you in your teenage years and you still refuse to look at it, right. I have people who were in their sixties mm-hmm. who are dealing with the thing that happened when they were 15 because they've been repressing it. So they keep hitting it at this like little so this tiny, is when you were talking about, this is a loop. As yeah. opposed to a spiral. Yeah. So this is the difference. Is the spiral starts when you've actually acknowledged the situation and you create a healing process. Yeah. And you're moving away from the trauma or the experience or the agreement or whatever, how you call it, as opposed to being on a loop. Yeah. Where you just, just keep hitting it. Cycling over the same thing. Interesting. Yeah. I love that. I, and I think it's so good for people to have that kind of visual of like, here's when you're looping on thoughts yeah. versus here's how you spiral in healing. And so when, when she was saying about spiral, I was like, wow, I've always thought about spiraling in, in connection with the anxiety I experienced postpartum, where I was like spiraling in thoughts and they would get worse and worse and worse. And it would, it would spin inward, right? Mm-hmm. Like I would start on the outside of the spiral and then work myself into yeah. this tight little spot where I felt like I was trapped and I couldn't get out. And I didn't know what to do with myself and my thoughts were going in every direction and I could not figure my way out. So I was spiraling, but it was like to combustion, yeah, like to an inside yeah. experience. And so, um, so I was like, Ooh, how would this feel to have a new way that I think about what spiraling means and attribute healing to my spiral and acknowledge, Oh, I did have an emotional response today. 
where I did feel a little bit anxious. And instead of it being like an inward spiral where I got like more tucked into my story, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm still in my healing journey. What if I saw yeah. it from this is me moving out instead of me failing again on the inside? Yeah. Right. So it's yeah. just really, I don't know. So I sent you that meme and I'm like, spiral. I think you really hit it though. I mean, I think you said one specific word that is the number one trigger for deciding whether you're looping or spiraling down and it's stories. Yeah. Yeah. It's adding to that story. You know, I mean, uh, we have that consistently and it's actually funny the day that you called me on that and saying like, Oh, we should talk about this. I was like, so I was in the gym Right. And now I'm sitting outside staring at a pond, you know, because like my, <laughs> you know, I walk in and I'm like not super feeling like being there in the first place. And then all the machines are taken and I take the one that I hate the most. And then I'm on it and I'm, I have my earbuds in and they start going battery low battery. And I'm like, I know my battery's low. That's why I'm here. You know? <laughs> Trying to do this. And I was recognizing I was adding all those pieces into a story about how I was having a hard time. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm like, Ooh, mm-hmm. I'm starting to create my loop of like, this day is going to be bad. This is right. going to go, Nothing like, this working. is hard. Nothing's working. Everything's working against me, right. you know, and starting to create that. And, and I always, I really stress every, all, never, always mm-hmm. say that again, every, all, never, and always right. generalization. If we feel that and you catch yourself saying that, mm-hmm. that's a really quick check engine light that you're trying to create a new unhealthy agreement mm-hmm. on the way everything works around you. Yeah. And what you're bringing into yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so it, I have this moment, I just stop and I'm like, you know what? There's a big pond back behind. I'm going to go sit and watch the ducks and just yeah. meditate because I need peace more than I need to work yeah. out, you know? And luckily my husband was just like, go do whatever. Right. He, he didn't care. He was just like, are you hurt? Yeah. And if you're not hurt, then I know you just You're like, no, it. I'm just trying not to hurt someone else. <laughs> yes. I'm trying not to be the one who inflicts the hurt. I'm trying not to cry because the battery is low. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, and you know what, here's the thing that I love about that is that you were able to self-correct and say, okay, recharging can look a hundred different ways. This way of being at the gym was the way I was intending to recharge. It's not working. And instead of feeling victimized and be like, nothing's working out, the whole week's going to be killed. Like it could go down that path. You were like, okay, we can, we can change directions and change this. The, the way that we're doing this next hour and still get what you need. Yeah. And then of course, and then I call her and breaking meditation, <laughs> <laughs> but I did it for you. It was perfect. Yeah, it was right. It was perfect. Well, right. the thing was, is that you were talking to me about this. I'm like, okay. Cause it tends to be a lot of times when I teach shadow work courses or I'm actually doing a cat, a course or a talk or something like the universe is just like, Hey, let me remind you how you still have some, like, let me yeah. keep you humble. So yeah. that you have a story to tell people <laughs> when you go to do this next time. Yeah, all the time, right? Um, I love it. Well, and it was funny because um, just even like afterwards when we had been in the conversation, how like the perception of what we think words mean and what we don't think they mean. And um, so I had said something about like, oh, I I don't mean to interrupt your, um, your meditation. And then you said something like, yeah, you're stealing my piece or something. Yeah, I sometimes said, I didn't, and I was like, but I thought that, because here's my problem. I've been known to be snarky, right? And so I don't always mean that sometimes when I say, we talk about having a, right. a sense of humor that is very sarcastic. Sometimes my sarcasm 
orgasm isn't always received well or understood, right? So people take it the wrong way. So I was like, oh, if I think what I was trying to say was that I apologize for interrupting your piece and I didn't mean to. I'm so sorry. You're like, no, I said that. I was like, oh, I didn't hear it that way. You know, but it's just so, I'm like, I'm apologizing to you. Why are you apologizing to me? <laughs> then you're like, clearly this isn't working. And I was like, yeah, there was no, I'm sorry. <laughs> your apology. So like, you know, it was very, very clear apology. <laughs> but here's the thing, you guys. So what I just want to say is that she felt like she had said something that came out in her mind maybe it came out the wrong way mm -hmm. and I didn't perceive it that way but here's it's why we have a healthy relationship and a great friendship um is because we're the type of people that like hey you said this or I said that I mean I don't think either of us have said something that was offensive but we've also been the conscious enough aware to be like I hope that didn't offend you like right. you know it's not about it's not about walking around tiptoeing or you know feeling like you can't be yourself um but it's also just knowing that we don't have to be perfect. We can say what we want to say. Um, and, and also we're in a healthy place individually where we just don't actually hear things snarky, right? Like I didn't hear it that way. Right. I didn't, so, but right. if I had been a person who was walking around feeling victimized and being like, my yeah. friends just talk down to me all the time, or my parents talk down to me all the time. If feeling, if hearing snark and making it mean something about me was part of my reality, I would have heard that. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't. If that was your story, you would have right? definitely... Yeah. Added so that, yeah. well, and I think too, um, owning, mm, owning your behaviors quickly and clearing the air quickly mm -hmm. when you're capable of doing that. And when you have the people in your life that you know, you can do that with. Yeah. And I think almost everyone in my life now are people that I know they, I can go to almost right. immediately to clear the air because that's the type of people I need. Right. In my life. Right. Right, you know. Well, and here's the thing too, is that sometimes clearing the air, like people think that they have to go to someone else to clear the air and you know, but a lot of times you can almost clear the air by just being like, did I read that wrong? Did I hear that wrong? Right. Where am I at? Right. How do I accept responsibility for how I'm feeling and yeah. not be like, you hurt my feelings, yep. right? Yep. And so when it, when it comes to clearing the air for me, most of the time it's about taking responsibility mm. for myself mm. and then saying like, I've had it with my husband before where I have said things like, um, you know, like, oh, like, I'm feeling this way. And so when you said that, it felt like, you know, an affirmation right. of how I was already feeling. And I know he didn't mean it that way. And he's like, oh, I wasn't even <laughs> thinking about that, you know? And it's usually so off base. But when you are already feeling yeah. something within you and somebody says something that hurts you or triggers you or, or sparks any kind of negative emotion, even positive emotion, right? Like you can mm -hmm. be triggered to positive emotion mm -hmm. by something outside. I think triggered even is a word that I'd like to start seeing it from multiple perspectives. You could be triggered into feeling better. You could be, there could be triggers for changing how you feel or it could affect you positively or negatively. Right. Does, right. does the word trigger have to have a negative connotation? I don't think so. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Originally, the word triggered was even used more specifically for people with PTSD or things mm -hmm. like that, right? Like it was a heavier... Mm -hmm. term yeah a long time ago good point you know but i think triggered is a is a um it's a tricky one it's a really yeah. really tricky one because a lot of times people use that to stay in their victimization yes that word specifically mm -hmm. so if we're talking about somebody being stuck in a loop right they may have this like everyone's triggering me all yeah. of these things are triggering me instead of saying right. like why am i triggered right. every time all of these situations happen mm -hmm. like what's going on inside of me yeah that's causing that that maybe i can work on like where's my parts in yes. this 
Right. So I had a situation not too long ago where somebody had said something about like, when you don't return my phone call in a certain amount of time, I go down this dark and twisty path. And these are the thoughts that I have. And, you know, um, and I said, okay, listen, I can try to be better about responding within a certain amount of time, but what you do with your thoughts is entirely on you. And I'm not going to take responsibility for how you're talking to yourself and feeling about yourself when mm-hmm. someone doesn't return a phone call in the amount of time that you feel is appropriate. Mm-hmm. Cause you just made that up that something was wrong or it made it mean something that it didn't. And, but that's entirely on you. For me, if somebody doesn't call me back in a certain amount of time and I feel like I, maybe I would be worried, right? Right. Right. I give it some time and call back and just say, I'm just checking in on you. I really need to hear back from you, but I, I wouldn't go into that negative thought pattern. Right. Right. And so, so that it's, that it's arbitrary. It's a choice. Right. Those thoughts, however you spin, right in or out <laughs> right right that's entirely a choice absolutely so, anyway um it's interesting so when we were talking about spiraling and just even having the awareness of t- thinking about what that you could spiral outward with your healing mm-hmm. and have it not be something that's so close to home and that you're having that healing um just having that different awareness it was even in a conversation with someone who i was on a um it was a, it was a coaching call, but it was with a peer. And, you know, it was just like how quickly that piece of information became something I wanted to share with somebody else. Yeah. And so I just feel like, I love that yeah. we had that conversation yeah. and that we brought that in. And then we, just so you guys know, here on the podcast, I told her, I'm like, let's not talk about it now. I want to wait to be pressured for it so we can get the real reaction and really talk about right, it. So, right. um, yeah. So the other thing I want to talk a little bit about how you help your clients and what shadow work is, because I've never talked about shadow work on a podcast. It's something that I've done for myself, right? but give us your take on what shadow work is for the beginner who might not know what that means. And then what are some of the things that you do with your clients to kind of understand what their shadow is? Right, right. So um, the shadow in and of itself, the actual term, the shadow was actually um, coined by Carl Jung. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's a really, really old word that just means like the unknown parts of ourselves. Like that's the very basic, but shadow work is expanded into the parts of us that we repress and push aside. And I point out to people that that's the, the maybe what we, what, the negative, but also the positive traits mm, yeah. that are ours because it's all really actually about social acceptability. Mm-hmm. Um, so the more, uh, we usually start creating our shadows when we're children. Yeah. And I always tell people like, if you've ever felt embarrassed, you have a shadow now, like that's because that's that understanding of like, Oh, that part of me or that thing that I did is not okay. So I'm just going to tuck that mm-hmm. away. Right. And especially as children, um, we tuck away parts of us that are actually pretty awesome because they're too much or they're too loud or they're too, yeah whatever right yeah. the word two is right is, <laughs> I think a lot yeah. Yeah. yeah circumstances you know so working with people in and of itself like I kind of already hinted to you it's starting with noticing and observing like where you're at where do you feel it in your body mm-hmm. honestly like usually the first week that I'm working with people it's about the body because it's such a huge response system because that's kind of getting into the lizard brain that's getting into the fight flight freeze you know, what fun, fun. Yes. That one, you know, how do you react to that? What do you do in those moments and what was happening around that? Because a lot of times we 
don't even notice it. Like for instance, for you, where you were, you were sweating. So if you didn't have the wherewithal to pause and actually look, you'd be like, nothing's happening right now. Right. There's nothing. Yeah. But if you actually pause and really take in then the senses and everything's around, right. what's going on around you, who's around you, because it may not be an obvious yeah, answer for sure. For sure. Thing. So it's working with that and then kind of working with people to start recognizing their own, um, their own shadows, their own, or sometimes for people, I have them where they have reactions because they wanted to speak up. Like they're at an event and they're like, I need someone to come up on stage, you know, and they are dying to do that because they've always wanted to be on stage and don't do it. Right. right. Like that's just as much the shadow mm -hmm. as, um, other things like taking yourself out of the spotlight when you actually want to be, mm in it. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of just working with people, um, through that. A lot of times for me specifically, I have people, even they work with like their tarot cards or other things like that to get insight outside of themselves. Right. It's like trying to bring in all of the pieces and all of the senses, um, in, and then deciding what you're going to do about it. Oh yeah. That's the key <laughs> part people. What, what you go to do? What are you going to do? I've had that conversation with people where somebody was really triggered by a, a, an opinion that I had and she was telling me how wrong her opinion, my opinion was. Yeah. And, um, and she's like, just could not believe that we had different opinions. And I'm like, great. So how, what are you going to do about it? Like, cause you can't change my opinion right. and I am who right. I am and I'm right. fine with this. It's fine that we have different opinions. Right. What are you going to do about it? Right. So if what you believe is right. And so go, go invest your time and energy into something that makes an effect, positive effect in the way you think and believe. Don't get mad at me for the way I think and believe. Do something with that. Right. Right. So what you going to do about it? Right. right. So right. that's what I love. Right. Just, I was saying that, you know, because that's what I think a lot of people, it's like, great, have an opinion and then take action. Right. No matter what it is, right. Whether it's an injustice or, or just, you know, having a certain amount of awareness about yourself, but you have awareness you read a book, then what? Right. Do something with right. the information. Right. So I want to ask you this, because this is something I was talking about in my Facebook group. And if, um, actually, I don't know if I've ever mentioned on the podcast. So if you listen to the podcast, I have a private Facebook group called Brilliant Brain Training. And we just talk about the difference between uh, what I call of like the LAF brain, which is the laziest fuck brain, the brain that just wants to survive versus mm -hmm. the brilliant brain, which is the intentional thought process. And so that's what the, the group is called but recently I was talking about how you have your personality traits and sometimes I think that personality traits can come from as a trauma response right absolutely so in my group and I may have talked about this in the podcast before but if you have like an experience of a child maybe it's a first grader who raises their hand and thinks they have the right answer and they're like yeah I know how the answer to that math question is three and these teachers like actually you're wrong the answer is five you know the child makes a mistake and there could be a hundred things that the, that the child thinks in that moment. But the three examples that I gave in my group is that in one aspect, the child could be like, that was awesome. Everyone laughed. I feel good now. I love it when people laugh. So maybe he develops or she develops a history of creating a class clown, being the funny one, right? Mm -hmm. Liking that people make them laugh. And so then they're like, oh, when you're wrong, people laugh and that feels good. They nurture their ability to be funny, right? Mm -hmm. They decide that that's important to them. In another situation, a, a child would be like, oh, that was so embarrassing. I'm never going to do that again. I can't believe I raised my hand. And then they end up going through their life just being like, no, I just, I don't, I don't enjoy speaking up in crowds. It's just, I've never been that way. I didn't, it's just right. me, right? right? It wasn't, it's not that it's not them. It's just that they were a child and they needed right. a response from an emotional 
and I trauma is such a heavy word, but an emotional experience of not having the maturity to process it and be like, it's hundred percent fine to be wrong right. without shaming yourself. Right. right. And then in the other one, it could be that, and that this, and this person ends up being like, I'm never going to have a wrong answer. I'm going to be super smart. I'm going to raise my hands every time that I'm certain. And then they become really smart and they, you know, being book smart and having all the right answers is a strength of them, but then it ends up being a shadow to some degree right. because then they hold being wrong against themselves. Right. So I was talking about it in my group and I don't know if this applies with shadow work. I was like, it's like two sides of the same coin. So it's like, you have yeah. this thing that it was like being smart has yeah. served you. It got you great grades. It got you, you felt yeah. good by your parents. Um, people thought, oh, she's smart. She must be a good kid or whatever else. Um, it got you great jobs. You know, it did all the things. But then there came a point when being smart held you back because taking risks or being wrong right. or being visibly wrong uh, that, you know, something in my business was, I don't really think that I attributed that I felt smart and that was important to me, but there is something about perfectionism that I didn't think I really had until I started a business mm -hmm. because I'm like, I don't, things don't have to be perfect for me. But damn, if launching my business didn't bring up some parts of me, or I was like, if it's if it's gonna not work or if it's not gonna be great, I probably yeah. just do nothing at all. Yeah. And so my desire to be successful hindered me from allowing myself to make mistakes along the way. And so the shadow, like when I think about the shadow, I thought like, oh, it must be a negative part of you. Mm -hmm. And I love how you said it doesn't have to be. Right. And right. I never thought of it that way, really. I mean, it's the the shadow work like actually working on it is just trying to bring light to it. Right. Yeah. And seeing who you are, like a perfect example. I tell people is like, I usually give examples about, um, <laughs> parents and how your parents raise you. They raise you to be polite or they raise you to be helpful. But when you're helpful, then now as an adult, you're someone who never says no to anyone pleasing. and you ever, never ask for help either because mm -hmm. you understand the feeling of resentment or the overburdening of someone else. So you mm -hmm. never ask for help, but then you also still always give out your help to everyone. So having that family where everyone pitches in and it's, it's a beautiful thing. And it's obviously a great characteristic to have, but then we have the negative side to it and the positive side to it. So it's really looking at it. And, and the truth of it is, is we don't, um, we don't lose our shadow. We embrace it and we absorb, you know, yeah. like we start seeing things differently and you go, okay, well, this is how I'm acting or this is what I'm feeling. And normally when I was going down a negative path, I would do X, but since I can see that yeah. I'm going to, like you were talking about with your husband, I'm going to verbalize because you've said this, I'm feeling this. I know this is mine, but I also need to verbalize to you that this is how I'm feeling right now. And so now I need to go take a step away or yeah. I need to do whatever until I can work through this or I can process that specific emotion. And, and some of it truly is a chemical response, right? Right. That you have to like give your body a second to come down from whatever was just triggered, yeah. you know, inside of you. But it's absolutely a double-sided coin where there's, there's, it's there for a reason. So mm -hmm. one of the things I always ask, how did it serve you? Right. Like, what did it do in your life at some point in time? Mm -hmm. So maybe being a loner, um, now as an adult, you feel like it's a negative trait, but maybe you didn't fit in with everybody. So actually being okay, being a loner as a teenager was actually a really healthy thing for you because you needed that protection. You needed that to right. be like, Oh, I just love my music or I just love drawing or I love these right. things. And now as an adult, we don't really want to connect with people anymore, but at the time it served you in some way. Right. However, right. it served you. Yeah, you know. exactly. Well, and so it, there's, it is uh, a survival 
a coping mechanism yeah. to some degree or a survival tactic in certain aspects. Um, even talking to a friend of mine who, you know, she just started not being very expressive emotionally, not just negative emotion, but like, don't laugh loud because if you laugh then you create noise, dad gets mad and when dad's right. mad, he yells. And if he yells and he's been drinking, then he'll probably hit you. Right. So then it was like, don't be, don't laugh, don't cry. <laughs> like, don't do anything, anything. just be yeah. like, yeah. you know, whatever. And, uh, and then end up being able to become more expressive and enjoy joy and embrace laughing out loud and yeah. having those full belly laughs and wanting to have that what's wrong with me right yeah because it was a survival um technique or not, that's not the word I'm looking for but it was you know it's like a mechanism to of self-preservation yeah at one point but then that's not a way to live no right no, no. suppressing emotions so and I think it's interesting that you talk about how it's a chemical reaction and this is one thing that I don't think um, I understood until a few years ago about how emotions are chemical reactions in the brain and how that goes through the body. Mm. Because people used to talk about trapped emotions and I was like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> but, it, and then um, have you ever heard of a fascia blaster? Yeah. Okay. So fascia blaster, I don't know if I've ever talked about on the podcast, but it's basically a tool that somebody used as a medical type of device to help her um, clients and patients who had nerve damage unbundle the fascia around a nerve that was causing pain. But what she ended up finding was that through the, as the cosmetic and superficial mm -hmm. was that it, it smoothed out the skin and eliminated the appearance of cellulite. Mm -hmm. um, and so as the only way I could describe it is that um, like cellulite would be like if you had fascia, which is this like sort of white um, sticky webbing around mm -hmm. muscle. And if you had a mattress and you pushed it up against a chain link fence, then you would see the, the mattress coming through the fence and it would look bu bumpy and ripply, mm -hmm. right? And so, but if you pull it back a little bit and you spread that chain link fence out, then it wouldn't show this ripple, right? So it ended up being this thing where you're like, you can eliminate the appearance of cellulite. And I was like, that's what I need. I'm like, I don't know how to paint, but I'm like, I want to smooth <laughs> out my legs. But what I found was, and this is so interesting, and it was a lot of people who talked about it, was that you people were having just like meltdowns. They were basically detoxing actual like things in their muscles because they were, you know, massaging it out and rubbing all this stuff out. So there was toxins that was built up. So they were feeling physically sick, throwing up, flu-like symptoms. And then people started talking about having just complete emotional meltdowns and you know, like super angry, crying all the time. And then it was talked about, you know, as it continued on, like, actually what you're having is that chemical of a specific emotion that maybe you experienced a year ago yeah. is still trapped in the muscle or trapped in the fascia. And it just blew my mind yeah. about what that meant. And you're like, wow. Right. Because where would it go? If it's a chemical reaction that happens in your brain, it goes into your bloodstream, unless you pee or poop it out. Like where does right. it go? Oh, right. it's stuck in the body. <laughs> and so then when you do this energy work, yeah that is a way to release but this was a physical experience yeah. and so that's like a whole thing that I just thought was unreal right right well you know and I mean I started out so I've been doing um spiritual work guidance like in the holistic energy medical field for almost 20 years now so I started out as a massage therapist when I was 18 and working on people like working on trigger points and things like that you could get people to cry 
um, and to have like major breakdowns when you were working on them. And some of it is like the chemical, but it's also some of it is just where we, so if you thinking of an animal when they're being attacked, right. And they don't die, they like shake it out. You'll see them jump. You'll see them do all these things and move it out. And we don't do that. We just take it and store it. Mm. So we even hold it in our muscles, like even more. So that tightness is actually specifically connected to a muscle memory. Of wow. a situation oh my gosh. that happened to us. This is so fascinating to me. <laughs> it's okay. crazy. It's crazy. So yeah. So when you're working that out, like they're talking about and having those reactions, it's like truly like releasing not only the toxins of being held up and having the lactic acids and other things built up in that space, but also the muscle memory of like, it's time to actually release that and let that go. Right. That they've been holding on to instead of, you know, like ducks when they fight or something, they always go in and they like flap their wings a whole bunch, you know? And I even tell my kids to do that, like shake it, shake it off, like shake off that situation until you don't feel it anymore in your body so much because you do have to work it out. Mm. Yeah. I remember I used to have some room. I had, I lived with a, I lived with a boyfriend and we lived with a couple of other guys. And it was like, when we were all go out drinking and having fun, they were like my brothers. It was like just really good people. But then living with them and how much they drank and that there was never nights off and then the amount of noise and I, you know, not having my own space. And it was like, oh, and I remember there would be times when I would get so angry that my whole body would be shaking. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I'm like, I'm not cold. Why are my teeth chattering? You know what I mean? And I'm not, I was never an angry person. Right. I, so like being so angry that I was shaking, it was a new concept to me. And it's like when your body is full of that much adrenaline. Yeah. And so for me, that was a fight back yeah, then. Yeah. Like what I wanted to do was just go start throwing punches and like some right, 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 left, right, these guys to be like, you're trying to be crazy. <laughs> so, um, but it is interesting, but I never thought about, you know, like, how do you burn that off? Right. If, yeah. if you're not moving, and, but if you're suppressing or if you are getting um, upset with somebody at work and you don't want to make a big deal of it and then you just suppress, right. suppress, right. And then you take that anger home and then you blow up. You know, right. at, I've had experiences where I've been stressed out and I feel like, oh, it's in the grocery store. I could be really nice to the clerk, no problem. But then if I get in the car and the kid's <laughs> not getting their seatbelts on or they're start kicking the chair and then you're kicking it out, like, shut up. <laughs> right. And so it's so sometimes you feel like as a, maybe it is a defense mechanism too of like, there's only certain safe places in which you can express yourself yeah. and be emotive, yeah. right? And yeah. so if you suppressed it because you weren't in a safe place before, like being at a grocery store and yelling at my kids, right. not a safe place, but in my car, why not? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, and I talk about being like the type of parent that does, I say what I, you know, I'm always thinking, people are saying I yell at my kids all the time. And I don't always, right? But it is, you know, it's a thing that parents think, I must be a terrible parent if I yell right. at my kids. Right. But secretly or not so secretly, people are like, <laughs> it's just a thing that happens. It's you know, it's funny. I feel like I should just tell this quick story so you don't feel so alone. Go. Like my toddler, and by the way, he's 15 now, but he still will bring up the fact that he took his sippy cup and tossed it out the window. And I was like, well, you're screwed now. And I just throw it. He still talks about it to this day that we didn't stop. To turn around and to yeah. go get that sippy cup because he threw it out the window and I was like, well, I guess you don't have a sippy cup anymore. And it was just like this traumatic right. experience. <laughs> for him. I still remember it. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I should totally get him a sippy cup for his 16th birthday. He is a good kid, by the way. So he is a good kid. I haven't. He's not in juvie or anything like that. 
because of the sippy cup instead. It served him well. It served you well. You can do it again. Yeah. Well, and you know what? Natural consequences are a good thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, well, I don't even know how long we've been on here because yeah. I really am not timing it, but I think we probably could wrap yeah. it up because otherwise we could go on forever. This was so much fun. So thank you so much for being no here. Um, Bone Mother Rising is your Facebook group. Yeah, I have. So I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Um, technically, I'm on Etsy. Um, the name on Etsy, though, is Rising Ritual Tools. So I have a lot of like tarot, pendulum, different things like that, like little kind of random wares that over the course of my time, I was right. like, I need one of these. Right. So then I make one and then I just throw it up on there to see if somebody wants it too. Yeah. <laughs> you did Yule Logs a couple of years uh, Yule ago. Yule Logs I do every year. I love them. Huge. Yeah. yeah. Everybody loves them. They're beautiful. So. so. Thank you so much for being here. I have loved this. Um, those of you who are listening, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, let me know what you think. We've never talked about some of this kind of stuff on the podcast. Because, um, you know, it's like healing is, a, is an evolutionary process. Um, but yeah, so you've officially met one of my mentors and coaches who helped me get my shit together during a hard time. Um, and I just would really encourage you that if you, if you felt like you've never had a safe space or a safe place to connect with someone and to really let your guard down and talk about things, find the one for you, reach mm -hmm. out um, mm -hmm. to Andrea, reach out to me, you know, find some place for you to create a container that feels safe where you can um, talk about things that you've suppressed or have forgotten about because uh, the healing that comes, the, the, yeah. the healing that comes from that um, and being able to spiral away from that and actually start the healing process and not continue looping is, yeah. is is it like that's that's it that's what life is all about is to be able to get away from those things um you know from it, keeping you from having the growth that you need is acknowledging and healing so right right yeah absolutely I mean I think the biggest thing to always keep in mind is that as humans we have uncomfortable situations and we can either choose to stay in them and then just be uncomfortable but not grow yeah. Or we can decide my own term is, uh, my own terminology is deliciously uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So yes. being uncomfortable still, yeah. but growing and knowing that there's something on the other side of that, that is way, way yeah. better. Yeah. Yeah. And allowing yourself to indulge in your own emotions yeah. in the sense where you're allowed to have them and it's a good thing to have them. All the emotions, the good and the bad, yeah. the positive or the negative, and, and, and not that they're good or bad emotions, but just the connotation of like what it means to have a negative emotion. That's a bad thing. Right. You can even let that go. Negative emotions right. aren't bad. You're not bad for having emotion yeah. in any way, shape, or form. So thanks for listening, everyone. And we will talk to you another time. Bye, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Head on over to NicoleHerring.com for more info on how you too can retrain your brain for brilliant thinking. There you'll find my thoughts and my story, the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's all in there. Plus, you'll find links for Instagram, Facebook, and access to your free copy of my book, Emerge from the Fog. It's also available on Amazon, so go check it out. <laughs> in the meantime, take a nap, take a walk, or have a dance party. Because the truth is, retraining your brain starts with better self-care. So if you are ready to enjoy the best that life has to offer, you have to start enjoying time with you. Until the next episode, I leave you with one question. How are you going to be brilliant today?